On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. Inside, Murray with the acrobatic shot. Whoa, Jamal Murray. And look at Damian Warner go. Down the straight they come. Warner gritting his teeth. The Olympic gold medal with a score of over 9,000 points and the Olympic record. This is a performance for the history books. McNeil right in the hunt. Maggie McNeil certainly is in the hunt with 15 meters to go. She might have a slight edge. She's certainly got a chance at a medal. Here they come. There's the touch. He gets gold. Gold for Canada. Maggie McNeil in 55-59. And she can't see it. Now she can. And they are whooping it up in Woodstock for that Canadian record and gold medal. Rangers having trouble changing here. McDavid, beautiful move. What can you say? Amy Buck. Oh, and Canada. What a celebration from Amy Buck. Alexiak has Canada in a bronze medal position and for Penny Alexiak it'll be a bronze medal her seventh medal at the Olympics and it's a Canadian record time and the shootout is going into extra time now it's sudden death Labbe stands tall for Canada chance here for Sweden to put the pressure on again Jonna Anderson for Sweden Anderson Labe! A down to a left. Saves another. Julia Grosso from Vancouver to win it for Canada! Canada came! Canada conquered! Canada gold at Tokyo 2020! I'm not sure what the f*** this is. I'm about to find out. This is Tall Can Audio. What's happening, everybody? Welcome inside an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio podcast. Hope you're all having a great holiday season thus far. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio, facebook.com slash Audio. I hope you'll subscribe wherever you're listening. Uh, This was uh, something we started last year, 
And we did it remotely because, uh, you know, there was a thing called COVID and we were hoping that by this time this year, we would be able to do it in person. And there's still a thing called freaking COVID and it is still ravaging the world. And so we sit here now and we are going to do it remotely once again. This is the 2021 Brew Martial Awards. Uh, and uh, there was no reason to change up the lineup from last year, so we will roll on with exactly the same crew that we did it last year first uh, for the first time in a couple months now since uh, she had to move on to bigger and better things. But Michaela Schreider's back. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, Matt. Very happy to be back here for the uh, the second annual Brew Marsh Awards. <laughs> it's very prestigious, right? It this, is. This, I brought out my best gown. Oh, awesome. Uh, unfortunately, we are not a video show, so people, you'll just have to take her word for it. Um, no doubt she's dressed to the nines. Hoffley is likely not quite as dressed to the nines, but I, I, I guess I don't know that for sure. How are you doing today, man? Well, so you, you mentioned being ravaged by COVID, and I'm speaking from experience right now. I'm coming to you live from, well, not live, but from <laughs> isolation in my house. Day, uh, day, day five, send help. <laughs> your dog must be so happy chris it's funny because she's like she is but the elderly wiener i think still likes time to herself and all of a sudden <laughs> she's looking at you like you guys are still here right oh all right but guys no, in uh, isolation for five days he's already worried about his elderly wiener uh i don't know what's happening over there uh right I, off the top yeah wiener jokes right off the top sure man and uh you brought it up i wasn't going to but as, at the time that we sit here and 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 record this you know you're a couple days into this thing tell the people how you're feeling man i'm feeling pretty good um i, there, I knew there was no way i was gonna get through this show without making jokes at my own expense for <laughs> having covid so i figured, figured i'd blur it out right, right off the top no i'm good i feel like i have a cold a little bit a little tired a little sniffly if i cough during this i apologize in advance um, <laughs> i suppose we'll forgive you not too sick to have a tasty pint with you guys tonight so very well, that, happy to be here. That is where we kick these things off, of course. So uh, why don't you keep the ball? What are you sipping on today? Uh, going back to a classic and having a pink fuzz from Ooh. Beyond the Pale. Oh. Chris, that's what you drank last year during the Brew Marshall <laughs> Did I have the same thing? I, I knew I had it around this time, but you know. <laughs> and it's just a coincidence. One second here. There we go. There it is. Nice. Um, yeah, you know, again, I'm stuck. I can't, like, I literally can't go anywhere to do anything. And so I'm still kind of sorting out my best, you know, delivery options. And this was a, a, a quick and reliable one tonight. So I got a little, got a little beyond the pale selection. I'm okay. Very pleased. And so is this a, um, you know, I, I've heard one of the symptoms can be loss of taste buds, at which point you mm. might as well just be buying like a buck of beer or something or other, like a lake port or something. Uh, do your taste buds, are they hanging around? You still all right there? They're hanging around. They're not uh, like firing on all cylinders, I don't think. Um, <laughs> it's like, it's just, you know, it's a, maybe a little bit of a dull, like they've been dulled a little bit by this. So, um, yeah, it's pretty good. It's, it's better than I've heard from some people. I can still taste <laughs> most things <laughs> uh shrides what are you sipping on tonight there we wow go. <laughs> with authority Whoa. that came through thought i'd start, uh, kick things off with a bang um i'm going with That's small a can. shame <laughs> <laughs> uh going with small can audio tonight um i'm uh I'm going down to toronto and drinking phenom from left field brewery oh. 
like uh, left field a lot. Picked it. Ooh. I love left field. I love yeah. this is one of my favorite breweries. And and you know, as of a couple of weeks ago, anyway, we were able to freely move uh, from city to city <laughs> a little bit. Um, and I went down to Toronto and uh, stopped by. Picked up. So this is a new one they have. It's a pale ale, mm. um, and they had just released it. So I picked up a few of those. Had some lingering in the fridge. Uh, so I thought I'd uh, I'd give that a go tonight. Okay. What's this like to have beer lingering in the fridge? I'm not familiar with this. <laughs> you know what? I've, I've talked about this on the podcast, so so some people may be familiar, but we got a kegerator a few months ago, yes. and normally oh. we spend a lot of money on cans of beer, and we go through them pretty quickly, but ever since we've got the kegerator, like I have all this beer in my fridge that I haven't drank because we've had the keg, so it's it's a good problem to have, but it's it's out of the fact that I've drank more beer. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> Uh, I got one here that Shrides you're going to be familiar with. I'm not sure if you've tried this before or not, Hoff. Um, but uh, speaking of you know beer building up in the uh, the fridge or whatever, I got six of these at one point. I did try over the last little while to save a couple to try with my old man. And I actually, a couple of weeks ago, just before Christmas, I had this conversation going on Twitter with a couple of craft beer guys that uh, that I like to interact with. And one of them was saying, you know, it's still available in liquor stores. Go ahead and drink it and you'll be able to find more. And the other one was saying, you know, don't do it. You know, it's Christmas. You'll enjoy having this with your dad. And it was very much that angel and devil on on each side of the uh, on your shoulder. Right. And I did I did hang tough. I did save a couple of these to have with the old man. But there was one spare one. And Shrides, you and uh, and Josh were here a few weeks ago and, and tried this with me. This is the Mexican Cake Stout from Beyond the Pale. Oh, my. Uh, this is a 13% behemoth that, uh, you know, this is a special occasion. I thought I would go ahead and do that. But it is a big boy bottle that's going to have to uh, carry me through this episode. Shrides, you tried a bit of it, but I also think you were the one that was going to have to drive home. So you didn't get into as much of it as Josh and I did. What did you think of it while I'm cracking this open? Well, it was spicy. It was spicy. Um, which is an interesting <laughs> thing for always a beer to be. Always what you look for, first. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? Like, it's uh, full disclosure. It's not really a my kind of beer. Um, but, but, you know, it was interesting. It was different. Josh seemed to like it. But he had half a pint. Like, it is, uh, like, Matt, are you going to be okay to get through this episode? Like, 13%, that is a... That's a lot. Well, you'll you'll put your hands on the Matt, wheel if you need Matt's to. Gonna be, Matt's going to be wrecked by the second segment. We just, <laughs> we well, do segments? Yeah, of course. We'll call them that. Um, and, sure. you know, we're going to talk here in a little while about Canadian Athlete of the Year. I'll be mentioning, like, Dutch people and whatever else is going on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it's called Dark and Picante. And I guess it's been around for a while, but they put out, a, put out a tweet in like October saying this thing's coming back. And I'd never heard of it at the time. So I got wicked stoked and I'm tweeting about it. I'm interacting with them and people are replying like, yeah, this has been around before. It's just been out of stock for a bit. I'm like, oh, well, for me, it's new, but I'm, I'm pumped for it. So also, can we just talk about you saying wicked stoked right now? Because I like that a lot. <sighs> My boy's wicked smack. <laughs> wicked I've had uh, one sip pack, of this pack. thing. Thirteen percent. It's put me already into wicked. Stoked. He's gonna. He's gonna pack his cod habanero. Ah, jeez. Look, we're gonna talk about uh, you know Canadian athlete of the year. That's sort of what Brew Marsh is. But we've added some stuff here. We're gonna talk about maybe your favorite beer of the year. And we're gonna talk about our favorite brewery of the year. Uh, and we will allow uh, our guests here to kind of frame that however they want, the one they visited most often, the one they thought was the best. Um, we're pretty loose with the rules here. But before we do any of that, um, 
I think we all thought when we did this a year ago, by this time in 2021, COVID would be in a lot different situation than it actually is right now. Hello, Omicron. And uh, so things haven't changed as much as we wanted them to. But let's be positive on this show. We are going to open this show with something that we did get to do in 2021 that we were looking forward to doing, that we were hoping to do, that, that did end up happening and, and you know, played out um, maybe in a way that wouldn't have been able to at this time last year. And we will close the show with something we're hoping to do in 2022 that maybe we haven't done in a while. So I know I'm kind of springing this on you guys at the last, or, uh, the last second, but Shrides, why don't you lead us off here? What was something you did in 2021 that maybe in 2020 you couldn't have uh, and that you'll, you know, kind of take with you as we continue this bloody COVID march. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I did, I did manage to do like minimal travel in to, to a couple places I hadn't been to before. One of which was Quebec City. Mm. Um, you know, wasn't very far, uh, oh but it's God. a city I've, I've never been to before, and I've always wanted to. And it was, it's kind of like you know Canada's little taste of Europe. So I figured, well, I can't go to Europe, I will go to Quebec City. Right. Um, and it was a lot of fun. It, it was uh, absolutely beautiful, and uh, ate some good food and drank some good beer, and <laughs> you know, definitely not something I I thought I'd be able to do in in 2020. I also I went down to Toronto uh, quite a few times um, and saw my best friend, which I did not do in 2020. Um, and that really sucked. So I was able to see her and her fiance uh, a lot more this year, which, which I really appreciated. And, you know, like hug my parents, which was nice. (laughs) Couldn't do that in 2020. So as soon as we got vaccinated, I gave them a big old hug. I'm not a hugger, but trust me, I wanted a hug. Um, so yeah, those are just some of the things, I guess. You don't want to hug for me right now, Michaela. No, no, I'm triple vaxxed and I'm I'm good, Chris. (laughs) Awfully, how about you? What was something that uh, I know you were back to work? I know you had on that front, you know, your your team's back up and, and running and playing. Uh, maybe there's something from there. Maybe there's something from the personal side of things. I was going to say, don't steal my idea. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think like I think the, you know, the red black season that was despite it being, you know, a, kind of a disaster on like the actual where we ended up in the standings. front. Sure. I think just the fact that we were able to pull off a season this year, especially what we're seeing now with the Omicron variant and how that's really starting to just fuck everything up all over again. But yeah. um, I, I think there were a lot of question marks. And if we get a big, gets a big to do pulling off this kind of production, like from a, like a, you know, micro level of, you know, from each team and league wide, but it, you know, we managed to, and it ended up being, you know, successful in most ways and, right. you know, like culminating with a really good great cup that, mm-hmm. you know, would have been perfect with my team in it, but it was still pretty <laughs> good. Still, it was still pretty good. And, you know, good weather in the middle of, of December for Hamilton, you feel happy for, for that as an ending point to, uh, you know, what sucked the, sucked the energy out of a lot of people for a lot of time. Cause there was a lot of red tape and hurdles to get through this year. So I'm you know, proud of ourselves for, for getting through that without, you know, killing each other for one thing. <laughs> No, it's true. And I guess for me, it's something pretty simplistic and, you know, I, I'm a simple guy, both mentally and just in terms of the things that I enjoy. Um, I got away to the family cottage for a couple of weeks this summer, which I didn't really get to do the summer before just because, um, you know, we've been into it a hundred times on the shows. We won't go in depth, but 
I, I've got a, a an additional consideration when it comes to my medical health, and I was extra careful. And so, yeah, I wasn't spending much time around people in general. And uh, this year, once I was double jabbed, I, I disappeared to the family cottage for a few weeks. And it was just fun, honestly, to be able to like swim with my niece. The Olympics were going on. And so we were like I was teaching her. Maybe this isn't a good thing to say in this new ultra woke world. I was teaching her different accents. And so she would step up on the ladder and do a dive. And I would create it as like, this is the British judge. Um, what, like different things like that. This is the Russian judge. And um, we were having fun with things like that. My nephew, who's only, you know, just three years old and. He fell in love with pushing me off the dock into the water and he made no, My dis- man. yeah, he made no <laughs> distinction between it's 1230 and Matt's in his bathing suit on the dock versus it's 830 and Matt's in like jean shorts and got his phone in his pocket and what, and he would just come over to the chair and like grab me by the hand and like lead me down. Like it's, a- and meanwhile, I'm chucking my watch and my phone and everything down before I get there. Cause I know what he wants to do. And there's certain things that can't come into the water. So it's just simple stuff like that, right? That I had to be ultra careful, like so many people, uh, in the previous year that it was just nice to get back and be able to do some of that stuff with, you know, way less concern or, uh, you know, worry tied into it. So I think those are the types of things, hopefully we can all carry forward into 2022. Um, I, despite where we stand right now, I am encouraged. I do think 2022 is the year where we get this under control and life starts to, you know, return to one way or another, uh, either cause it's burned through us all or, <laughs> um, because we've all vaccined up, whatever that's going to look like. I do think, uh, 2022 will be better than uh, than 2021 and certainly 2020. So uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's sorry to interject there, Matt, but I think that's what people are having a hard time with right now too. Is that everyone kind of thought we'd be yeah, you know, taking a collective final deep breath at this point, right? So it's like that that fatigue and that For like sure. oh, here here we go again. I think it's it's draining people's resolve, but you also see the opposite. You see a lot of people doing really good things right now in the face of this still, and that's you know, good to see because people haven't totally given up the thread. Yeah, no, I think we have kind of this one last big fight ahead of us to just hang tough, get through this one. And then, yeah, like, let's just see where most of the, the, the people that I follow and that I've trusted through this thing say, yeah, this is going to be rough, but afterwards, this is probably, you know, the final really big wave and hopefully they're right. So uh, we'll move on from there. Let's talk a little more beer before we get into the Canadian athletes part of this. Do you guys want to do your beer of the year first or your brewery of the year first? Ooh. Ooh. Let's go brewery. Okay. This was your idea, Shrides, on the, to hit this one first. What is your brewery of the year? And maybe even before you hit us, like what was the one that you've been wrestling with today, like between a couple or as you narrowed it down and then which one did you, did you land on? I always have trouble with this, Matt. This is like, I don't have kids, so, but I imagine it's like picking my favorite child. So I think that would be easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every parent has a favorite Everyone. child. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's not Sophie's choice. It's Sawdust's choice, right? Like that's. There you go. Like. There you go. Um, the brewery I visited most often was probably Ridge Rock. Hmm. Uh, it's close by. I love their beer. I love their patio. Um, their food's pretty decent. Like if I was going to go sit on a patio this summer, it was probably Ridge Rock. Um, but I don't know that I'd say it's my favorite. 
I, I think honestly, left field is up there for me. Left field, and I think part of it is you know absence makes the heart grow fonder, <laughs> whatever the saying is. But like I don't get it as often. Right. Um, they do ship here, but I'm too cheap to to actually <laughs> order it. Uh, so on the rare occasion where I do go down to Toronto and 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 get to stop by left field, I stock up. So I think like because I don't get to go out down to a, th- that area as often as I used to. Um, I, I'm definitely like left field just never misses. Like every beer I have from them, that is a style that I typically like. It just like knocks it out of the park, pun intended. Um, they had this one beer that I got last time. (laughs) The last time I was there, uh, it's called the pub ale. It was like a cream ale and it was so unbelievably good. Like I can't stop thinking about it. Good. And, uh, I just, I love everything from them. And an honorable mention, because you knew I wasn't going to say just one. Um, another Toronto brewery that, again, I don't get to go to as often. It's not a huge brewery. Um, it's it's a smaller uh, kind of microbrewery. Um, it's called Burdock. It's in Bloordale Village. Uh, they make just absolutely phenomenal beer. Their APA has to be one of the best beers I had this year. Um, so I'd say those two, Leftfield and Burdock, are probably my favorite breweries. Burdock is a, a company that uh, the Creech, who's been on here a few times, is constantly raving about. He loves yes. them as well. So. Yes, he and I talk a lot about our love for Burdock. <laughs> and, and and I should say, this is because obviously I'm, I'm uh, again, having trouble deciding. This, these are my favorite breweries of 2021. Right. Like my tooth and nail is always going to be like oh, up yeah. there for me. It just... <laughs> And I did get to their patio once this year, which I was so happy about. But their their tap room, their beer, everything about them, I love, love, love. So I got to give tooth and nail a shout out. This is yeah one of the things you know when I sent this along, I was intentionally vague, right? This is one yeah. that I fell in love with this year, or one that I ordered from most often, or the one that I thought was the best this year. Just sort of breweries that were were big for you yeah, in twenty twenty one. It was a ter- it was a terribly phrased question that I reject the premise of, but. <laughs> Okay. That being said, with that in mind, why don't you go ahead, Hoff? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I'm the worst. Anytime anyone asks me my favorite anything, I never know what to say. Like actor, movie, song. Like I'm always just left there like a stuttering fool. But um, that sounds about right. Yeah, I think <laughs> that's basically my baseline. So, <laughs> um, I mean, beyond the pale, as you know, one of my it's close to me. It's one of my favorite, probably the one that I've gone to the most often. I would think this year, and that and probably Flora Hall because it's also tasty and, and nearby, so they're easy, like easy to swing by, kind of when you're out and about. But my favorite, probably brewery, and probably my favorite beer this year goes to um, Refined Fool mm. in Sarnia. In yeah. Sarnia. and I never heard of them. I had a neighbor who recently moved out. Uh, from our building, probably not because of my COVID status, but you never know. <laughs> um, and he's from Sarnia, and he's like, "You got to try this. You got to try this uh, this place." And they had a couple in the in the liquor store, so I tried a couple of them. And they've um, my favorite that they do is called. Hey, I'm a sucker for a good name on this a. This is Van Full of Weirdos, isn't it? It absolutely nice. Van Full of Weirdos, the juicy IPA, <laughs> just just a like a very all all around good drink. Right. And I'm very pleased, but I also have tried to, I'm going to open another one from them in a, in a moment, um, which I haven't had from them called Zane lost his avocado bag. <laughs> okay. And that is a brute IPA, <laughs> um, which is supposed to be a champagne like IPA, hmm. which is pale, dry and a bubbly delight. 
So, oh, a and, bubbly and that delight. Clocks, and that clocks in at 7.6%. So, okay. the self medicating lives on Casa <laughs> uh, Hoff. But no, Refined Fool, um, really good stuff. I think you can, they have like a mixer pack. You get to try some of their, uh, their stuff now, too. So, I'm, I'm very, very pleased with that. And like Shride said, um, Tooth and Nail is like the just tremendous all around. And I haven't been there in a while either, but I'd love it. So, one of the times you were on a few episodes ago, well, a few uh, Hoffley episodes ago, you uh, referenced or used the line um, that ended up on the uh, TallCanAudio.com website, and it was uh, a fountain of average ideas. There it is. That's what Hoff described himself as on this podcast at one point. <laughs> I thought it was awesome. I- I stand by that. And so that's what became the tagline for TalkinAudio.com. That may get replaced in the new year with a bubbly delight. I, I think that was a nice way there you to go. Do um, I've tried oh, that's that. What put, that's what I'm putting in my Tinder bio. <laughs> Hopefully, at least you're self-aware. Like a lot of a lot of dudes are not. And this is this is the most self-aware statement I've ever seen from a dude. <laughs> A bubbly... I, I, think it's a, I think it's a mix of cold meds and yeah. beer now. Yeah. <laughs> a bubbly delight. Ignore the COVID. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> um, I tried that. Uh, uh, it was in a grocery store up here, I believe. I found that van full of weirdos, and I grabbed a few of them for the first time this year. It was something we got to get done finally in, in 2021. Creech and Bunda were in studio to tee up a UFC show, and, and they came on board to do the podcast a few times throughout the pandemic, but it was always remotely. And uh, as everybody got vaccinated and, and the numbers were low, you know, we started to open up the studio again. And, and when those guys were coming in, I was looking for something to kind of mark the occasion. And I saw a van full of weirdos. And I'm like, yup, that's the right way. <laughs> that's what this studio is going to look like that day. So uh, it was a really nice beer. And that's the first time though, that I'd ever heard of um, out of that Sarnia brewery, whose name I've already yeah, forgotten. Yeah, they <laughs> refined <laughs> refined fool. fool yes oddly enough um yeah and i think uh, that, what was the other one called oh yeah the other one is called i've got things i have their mixture pack nice. that's when ted that's when ted fought the mailman <laughs> okay i like like this. they're all very they're long names and they describe that one as aggressively hot <laughs> i just you know i'm a writer and i like when people are clever with words sure no it makes it a little more fun so um i, I guess for me, I, I worked through a couple here, and you guys have both already mentioned one, so I'm not going to hit it, even though it was on my short list. Beyond the Pale did some stuff this year. Uh, Shrides, one of the times you and Josh were over this summer, you left me with a couple things from there. Um, and then there's obviously this Dark and Picante. I think maybe there's some recency bias maybe at, at work here, because I, I love this stout that I'm sipping on right now. Um but it was absolutely on my short list, as was Stalwart, who throughout the pandemic, yeah. I've loved placing some uh, some delivery orders from them. They make some really nice stuff. Ultimately, it came down to uh, two different ones for me, one out of Port Perry, uh, which is very close to both where I grew up and where the uh, the family cottage is that I spent so much time this summer, and uh, the Bob Cajun Brewing Company, also pretty close to, uh, to the family cottage. But I settled on... Um, five paddles out of Whitby and they were a brewery I discovered in the, um, 2020 Nita advent calendar. And they had something called the coconut cream pie stout. And I was like, this screams everything. There's a stout, it's a high ABV. It's got coconut in it, which I love. 
and I fell in love with that beer. And so in February, I believe, I put in a very large order from their website and for weeks it carried me through in terms of things that I was doing on the show. And they did a bunch of stuff that was, uh, you know, was based on their stout, but then they would just throw in different, here's our mint stout, here's our cinnamon stout, here's our, and I was just like, yeah, give it to me, like, let me see what that's going to look like. And I love that they experiment and they did something and it, it escapes me right now what it was, but in the 2021 advent calendar, I was like, oh, like I didn't love it. I was, I was excited to see what the five paddles entry was going to be in the calendar this year. And then I didn't like it very much, but it was because it was experimental and this one didn't land. But part of what I loved about the brewery was that they do experiment. So it's not going to turn me off of them that I didn't like this one beer. But um, yeah, I think for me, that five paddle that I discovered at the very end of 2020 and then kept circling back around to in 2021, I would say five paddle for me is maybe my favorite brewery of the year. You guys tried much remember. of their stuff? I remember that, that you, you love your stouts. I do. You and your stouts. <laughs> well, I'm a stout fellow, you see. <laughs> I do remember that, that coconut cream pie one yeah. from the uh, the advent calendar last year. Wasn't my thing, right. but I, rem- I remember like looking at the label and going, "Oh, this is a Matt beer." <laughs> that's because right, he said it. it. Yeah. yeah, that was designed for you. Um, so we will end the podcast, although Hoff has already kind of spoiled his, but we'll circle back to it. We will end the show with our favorite beer of the year. So stick around for that. Oh, shit. Sorry. Oh, oh, <laughs> cut. Hoff participates, co- but does not co- follow instructions is report. It's the code. COVID. Yeah. It's okay. the COVID. <laughs> uh, one of the things that we do here on the brew marsh, and I don't know if this name is going to lose relevancy. You guys will be able to, uh, you know, we'll decide this as we go. The name, the Lou Marsh Award, is clearly about to be punted out of relevance. It turns out Lou Marsh was not a very nice guy. And so, you know, you already saw this year, even though I don't think they made the name change official, a lot of publications and uh, networks just weren't using it. They were just calling it the Canadian Athlete of the Year. And I think that was probably the right way to go. Um, you can do your own research on that. Turns out Lou Marsh was not a very nice guy. Um, that being said... The Lou Marsh Award, the Canadian Athlete of the Year Award, dates back quite a while. And the Brew Marsh Award only dates back about a year. But it will, I assume, in time, end up being the more prestigious of the two. But we want to talk about, um, you know, Canadian performances of the year, uh, people worth mentioning, performances worth mentioning. It's always a little different in an Olympic year because for those couple of weeks, Um, in the middle of the summer, we're all paying attention to sports that we know nothing about, but pretending that we do for a little while, like that dive was just slightly, oh, she blew it. Right. You know, like I, what the hell do I know about diving? Uh, There's a bunch of names here, right? But there's also your traditional sports that roll on, uh, despite the pandemic. Uh, I'm going to hand it to you first, Hoff, just as you sat down, I'm sure you did a ton of research on this because you've had nothing else to do but sit around the house. I researched so many things, that's all I do. You know, what is sort of the the balance that you tried to walk or the, the way you view an Olympic year versus a normal year? And do you feel like, whether it be for our extremely prestigious award or the real mainstream version of it, that in an Olympic year, are you tempted to almost like push yourself into finding an amateur athlete as opposed to, you know, maybe, uh, in those other off Olympic years going to a pro. 
Yeah, that is a that is a very good question. I hadn't really, I you know, I honestly hadn't really thought about it that way. I think I just my thinking was more along the I guess a combination of who I who I followed more, who I saw more of, who you know I was more touched by the stories of. I guess mm-hmm. like the you know I'm always a sucker for a for a good underdog story and for new faces getting on this you know into this consideration um so i love you know i think i think women's sports right now i think realist like legitimately it's the in my life you know in my sport watching experience it's the most like it's got the most natural attention on it now like it's part of my it's become part of my kind of day-to-day sports interactions which i think is incredible and about time and um so i think probably there's more women in that conversation for me than than there has been before, unfortunately, for you know, a whole bunch of reasons, most of which those sports not getting the attention they deserve. But I just think that the the caliber and the personalities in in some of those sports now are are so big that they've, you know, it's not just about covering women's sports for the sake of covering women's sports. Now it's like these are the most interesting people and the most interesting storylines out there, and that's that's awesome. So I think there's, I think those are some of the factors. Just looking out beyond the really obvious ones and away from the like i don't give a shit about connor mcdavid and what he's you know doing for hockey <laughs> in the con in the context of this i'll do respect to him and his and and you know his awesome hockeyness but there's just so much more out there right now i think that maybe that's the biggest thing And there's there's like a wider pool that should be in the mix for this than there ever has been shrides when you look at this You know, the Olympics is something we're obviously going to touch on, but so many of these amateur athletes who get to do this, they go to tournaments and competitions and and meets all the time that we just don't pay attention to, whether it be men or women, because of the sport that they compete in. You know, Hoffley says he's not really that interested in in McDavid and his exploits, and and that's fair. I think a lot of people, especially in an Olympic year, want to look to some of our amateur athletes. But how do you grade against a, let's say a Maggie McNeil who wins an Olympic gold medal on the day you build for four years to get here. It turns out five years, uh, actually, but in this particular quadrennial and wins a gold medal on the day where you have to get it done that day versus a, a Connor McDavid or a Jamal Murray or whatever, who has 82 games. And if you suck on a random Tuesday night in November, people will probably forget, but there is value in the consistency of it, right? And being able to do it day after day. How do you kind of grade those things out when you're looking at these sorts of discussions? Well, I'm very much with Hoffley in the fact that like Connor McDavid has enough attention. And I, I, I wish that we could kind of look at this award as shining a light on an athlete who doesn't get the attention that Connor McDavid does because as, as we've seen with, with women's sports, this is becoming like, a very anti Connor McDavid. Sorry, Connor McDavid. Um, <laughs> Listen, they had, there was like four articles in like a minute yesterday. About a heated driveway. So like, let's... well, and, and that's like, yeah, I could talk forever. Leave the guy alone. If he wants a heated driveway, leave him alone. Right. Um, oh, but, I wish I, I'm so jealous. That's the only reason I know. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I, like as, as, you know, I feel like I, I beat on this drum a little bit too much sometimes, but like, you know, we, this year is a prime example of you, we saw the viewership for women's sports skyrocket and what changed? It got put on TV. Right. That's it. It was on TV right. and the viewership went through the freaking roof. And so I, I don't like to use these opportunities to shine a light on athletes who have the light shone on them for 82 games a season on national television. 
I, I just, I, I think that like I've, I've thought a lot about the, the athlete of the year award this year. And, 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 and part of it was, you know, we, we need to rethink the name. And I think that's an obvious one that will happen, Mm -hmm. but I also think we need to rethink the award itself because a, how do you choose just one athlete? How do you choose one athlete, especially in Olympic year in every other award? It's like, you know, male athlete, female athlete, you know, actress, actor, whatever. Like, I'm not saying we should gender it necessarily. Cause I, I also think there are other issues with that, but like, I, I wish there was a way to honor more than just one athlete. And, and listen, I'm Damian Warner took home the award this year. I'm not going to argue with that, that dude, like if, if there was ever a time Hard to compare, core. yeah, like I can't, I, I don't like comparing athletes across sports. I think that's unfair, but if you're ever going to have the conversation of like, one athlete is better than another across sports. Like decathlon is the place to do that yeah. because the dude does events. Sports. Yeah. <laughs> like it's insane. But I and, and and I'm not taking anything away from Damian Warner. I think he's very deserving of that award. I can't argue with that. I thought it was fantastic. But I will say that I it is a little disappointing to you know I cover women's sports. I have a show, a national radio show dedicated to women's sports, and I had a lot What's of it people called? tell me. When can we me, hear it? Uh, she's got game TSN radio network uh, Fridays at 6 PM here in Ottawa, awesome. TSN 1200. <laughs> yeah. um, I had a lot of people tell me this year that this was the year of the female athlete. This, this was the year of amazing female athletic performances. The, the Canadian women's soccer team winning gold at the Olympics, the plethora of gold medals taken home by Canadian women, mm-hmm. um, whether it was Maggie McNeil or Penny Alexiak, the list goes on the women's national hockey team winning the the world championships in overtime and everything that they've gone through to get to that point with the world championships being postponed. Um, like I had so many people on it, it. I always, I can always tell that women's sports is getting a lot of coverage when news radio stations asked me to come on and talk about it. Right. And that happened a lot this year and all year it was, this is the year, the female athlete, this is the year, the female athlete. And then the Canadian media award for best athlete of the year doesn't go to a female like it's a little disappointing and, and again i'm not taking anything away from from damian warner i just think that you know maybe we rethink the way this this award is handed out because it's so hard to choose just one and it no matter what someone's gonna get left out and then the conversation instead becomes why wasn't this person considered why wasn't xyz considered instead of how great this one athlete was and I just think with all the attention given to women's sports this year, still not enough, by the way, we have a long way to go. 50% of the WNBA games weren't televised. Um, I think it, w- for, for the media award to not acknowledge uh, a woman in the year that was deemed the year of the female athlete by Canadian media, it just felt a little weird to me. And, I, and, and I, again, I'm not saying Damian Warner shouldn't have won. I just wish that it was a, it was handed out in a different way. I wish there was a different way to look at this award and maybe give it to more than just one person. So before we started recording, I went back Agreed. and, I, and I, I did, I looked at a few previous winners and, you know, basically all the way back and just scan the names. I, I didn't do research. I just wanted to see, you know, what this had looked like in the past. And I'm going to hand this one right back to you Shrides for a second, because I'm not sure Short of going to, and I don't know that I necessarily have a problem with it, although it sounds like maybe you're not in love with the idea that having a Canadian male athlete and a Canadian female athlete of the year, I'm not really sure how this gets solved because in looking at past winners, it doesn't appear to me, and I'm happy to be corrected if if you disagree, that this is an award that hasn't acknowledged, you know, when women have been by far the best story. Oh, I'm not saying that. Okay. 
I no, if you go back, like there's a very even distribution yeah. of, of male and female uh, winners of this award. I'm not saying that the this award in particular hasn't acknowledged women. I'm saying in this year, mm-hmm. in this year in 2021, that again was repeatedly called the year of the female athlete. Mm-hmm. It's just weird that we are not giving it to a female athlete. Right. You know okay. what I mean? And and again, I can't say that without someone going, oh, so you're saying Damian Warner didn't deserve this. That is not what I'm saying. I right. swear to God. <laughs> I love, I do love, I will say this. The year that we learned that Lou Marsh was a jerk and a racist POS, yeah. I love that a black man won this award. Right. That seems like poetic justice and I love it. Um, yeah. But it just, I, I don't know. Like I, 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 and I know that I'm, I'm being very stereotypical shrides here and, and, banging on the drum of, of female athletes, but I just, I don't know. It just, I, I don't like giving no, it to I, just one person. I think you're right. And I think I agree with you in the sense too, that I don't like, I mean, there, there's, you know, the obvious thought of going to a, you know, male athlete and a female athlete, but I'm with you on not, you know, it's not, I think the conversation around gender right now is, it's, it's you know, such a fascinating and frustrating point that I, I, I don't think now's the time to do that either, right? <laughs> but you're right in the sense that there's, yeah, I don't know. It, it's a it's a funny, it, it's a, they, you distinguish by pro sports versus amateur. I just, I don't want to hear about the pro sports half the time in this, but there's also, you know, pr- lower level pro athletes that deserve to be in this mix. So you don't want to do pro versus amateur either. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what the, the solution, it's not a perfect, you, you guys know, I, I think I've been pretty clear even in this episode, how I feel about picking a favorite in any <laughs> concept <laughs> so so i'd like i just think it's a really hard and subjective thing to do but i do think that when you come when it comes to a, an award voted on by the media there's still enough of the old boys club of media like the old white boys club of media mostly that you know when faced with the prospect of picking a woman over a man or i don't know i, I presume are still hesitant or scared or peer pressured by their fellow old white boys to go a certain way. Cause that, that era of media is not totally over. A lot of those guys, those guys have retired and gone or, you know, died, but there's still that element in, in the media when these media awards happen that, you know, it's a popularity contest in, in so many more ways than, than I think a lot of people realize. And that's part of the issue that needs to change somehow well, too, I think. Well, let me throw this up in the air and I'll risk being the unpopular guy in the room because I've always played that role. I've always been the unpopular guy in the room. What's wrong with, because you've both now sort of said he gets enough attention, but at the last that I looked, starting with that 56 game season in in, uh, 2021 and then the first however many games of this year, in 82 games, Connor McDavid put up 150 points. Why is that not relevant? Why is that not amazing in this particular? Uh, oh, I think it's, sorry, I think it's incredible. I think he's a, you know, generational. It just feels superstar. sometimes like we we try really hard as Canadians. And look, you, if you wanted to, you could do this all the time and give it to a hockey player because we're, you know, we're hockey mad Canada and ha ha ha. And, and what, but there is at some point, I I do wonder if we almost, and punish is the wrong word because they're making millions of dollars and they lead off Sports Center every day. But there seems to be sometimes a feeling that let's not do the cliche hockey thing, even when someone is clearly the best player we've seen in I, I don't know. For sure, how but I th- 
I think you said it right there. Like, and I think, and Shrine said it too. Like, they, like, got, and I, like, I'm not shitting on McDavid intentionally Specifically, here. Specifically, no. Example, but, um, like, he gets everything. Like, he, like, he gets everything you could need as, as someone in his position. He is widely accepted as one of the greatest athletes in the world, no matter what. But that doesn't mean he wasn't necessarily the best athlete of the year in Canada this year. Like, yeah, right. But I just, I just think this award, like picking again, the subjectiveness of the best athlete in, you know, in Canada, I think there's got to be more to it than just pure right. success. I, I do agree with that. And, and Shrides, I wonder, you know, what you think I'm going to hand this back to you. Like it, it's, it just feels like, do we want to disqualify people? Cause you go, ah, they're popular enough. Ah, they're, like, is this particular award meant to shine a light on someone not getting enough attention? Or is it to go, that was our best athlete this year. And in that regard, Connor McDavid is in the discussion. I mean, Sidney Crosby has won it. How many times? Twice. At least once. Gretzky's Twice. won it four. So I, I don't think that there's a case to be made. But Barbara Ann Scott's won it three times. Like, that's not nothing either, right? As a No, um, but like to, to say that we're ignoring, uh, no. we're, we're trying to go away from hockey players. Like like Crosby won in 2007 when his team was eliminated in the first round. He won mean in he 2009 awesome. when he won the Stanley Cup. Right. So like, I, and again, I'm not saying did, he didn't deserve to win it in 2007. Right. But like, it, it's not like hockey players have been annoyed, have been um, ignored. Carey Price won it in 2015. Like, I, I do think, and, and I don't vote on this award, so I don't know what the real motivation behind it is. But I think it's nice to give it to an athlete who maybe because it was an Olympic year or because there was some big tournament in their sport, mm-hmm. got a little more notoriety than they would have otherwise. Because let's call a spade a spade. Like whether it's an NHL player or an NBA player or an NFL player, like they have all the resources and marketing and media coverage you could want. They don't need more of that. They don't need the light to be shone on them um, any more than it already is. And and I'm not saying it shouldn't be, right. but I do think you like w- – there's this natural. I feel like there is a bit of a natural inclination of 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 can, most Canadians, not all Canadians, yep. but most Canadians, to look for the hockey player to win this award. It's it's the most popular sport in our country. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, right? right? So I like when a hockey player doesn't win it, but I don't <laughs> think that I don't think that there's a case to be made that they haven't won it enough. Okay. And and again, like. <sighs> It's it's so. You hard shouldn't because... be able to win it if you have a heated driveway. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have to shovel, man. You're not athlete. Come anymore. on. <laughs> and, and I say that like you know, Marie Philippe Poulin has never won this somehow, and she's the greatest female hockey player playing right now, and and arguably one of the greatest of all time. So you know, it's I I don't think it's that hockey doesn't get enough attention. I think it's male hockey or men's hockey gets enough attention in this award. I think there there is some room for improvement on the women's side. I will say that uh, Haley Wickenheiser has never won this, which is just blasphemy. Is I think bizarre. I talked about this last year, but it's blasphemy in my <laughs> opinion. Um, but yeah, I, I just like, I don't know. I don't think that I'm ever, I don't think we're ever going to find legs to stand on. That That's what makes this fun to be honest with you. Don't get enough attention. Right. This is the debate I think is what makes this fun. Yeah. And, and, and like, listen, Connor McDavid is the greatest hockey player. Of playing right now, arguably the great one of the greatest of all time when his career is all said and done. Like there is no disputing the fact that he is a fantastic athlete. And I'm sure he will win this award one day. Um yes. 
I think, you know, if, if I, I feel like with this award, they wait for something really big to happen in their career to do it. Um, well, or- I, I, let me cut you off there. And I only do because this is exactly the next point that I wanted to bring up because, because we got into it. It wasn't particularly heated. It was respectful. But last year, Christine Sinclair became the all-time leading scorer in FIFA history. And to me, Christine Sinclair capped off an amazing career and reached that milestone in 2020, but didn't necessarily have the most explosive individual year, if that makes sense. So if we bring it back to the 2021 Tokyo Olympic Games... Maggie McNeil wins an Olympic gold medal in the swimming pool, but Penny Alexiak is the one who gets a bronze and then does the relay, which I think also was a bronze, maybe a silver, I can't, to set the all-time record for um, Canadian medals, you know, over the course of two Olympics now. How do we, and whichever one he wants, this jump ball can, can take it, is it a, you know, can we do a career accomplishment versus a one-off like you could make the argument that on that day in Tokyo this year Maggie McNeil did better in her race than Penny Alexiak did but Penny Alexiak's the one who made history by adding those medals to her pile I mean I I think you can probably guess which way I'm going to go when it comes to Christine St. Clair potentially winning an award Um, I mean (laughs) would you not call setting a record of some sort a great career year regardless of of when it happened in the year like if 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 you if you did that thing in that calendar year it's a great year for you mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how long it took to get to that point she's still like christine sinclair is still playing and is still the highest scoring international soccer player period, but i'm sure you right would now. agree that was not her best individual season like she so, had- did she, so should she be punished no, for that year no no I'm yeah, not saying that, that's my point. Like, I, I think that it, just because if we're looking at giving this award to someone for a particular year, let's say it was 2020, mm-hmm. just because their 2014 or 2012 was better doesn't take away from no. what 2020 was because they reached that milestone. They, yes, it went, you know, it was years in the making, Arkells. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they still reached that milestone, and I would call that a great thing to happen to them that year in in that calendar year so i to me it doesn't really make a difference like whether it's something they achieved that year whether it was a build-up to something whether it was statistically their best year like penny alexiak still had to get to like like so if those were your only two choices would penny win over maggie mcneil for you this year if those were your only two choices (sighs) (laughs) that's so hard that's I mean, what I'm saying, can, we, right? can we give Maggie McNeil credit for becoming the greatest meme of, yeah. of the, the Olympics? <laughs> I damn near shit myself for whatever she said. <laughs> that's, more, that's borderline more impressive. Than Honestly, you. that was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I, I don't Sorry. know. Like, I, I, I guess I don't really. Yeah, I, I'm inclined to. Like, I agree. Like, I think this. You can look. I think you should look at this kind of honor as. It does not necessarily being just that one year. It can be the culmination of something great, or it can be, you know, or it can be a one-off. I don't. Again, like I think it's so easy to split hairs on on this one that I think yeah, it really depends on the person voting. For me, I like I I could look at it both ways. I think you could give you know the the whole Canadian women's soccer team or 
Christine Sinclair the that that honor for for that, regardless of her own personal you know stat line this season. Or you go with someone who who had an incredible you know moment in time this year. I don't think there's a wrong necessarily a wrong way to look at that. I think it's just how you're you know how you feel about it. I wonder, you know, as we speak about the Canadian women's soccer team, Olympic gold medalists, um, you guys maybe remember, was it a 7 a.m. start to that game? 8 a.m. Uh, 8 a.m. There you go. <laughs> right there, eh? Like, I right remember in- everything about yeah, that Clearly. <laughs> um, and everyone was watching that game. Like, that was a one of those national sporting moments, you know, with, with Paul Henderson and or, you know, the golden goal or these sorts of things right there. And the one that sticks out to me from that game clearer than anything is during the penalty kicks at the end when Stephanie Labe is coming out and she is maniacally laughing and like smiling and like, I don't know what the hell she's doing in the face of some of these shooters. And I'll never forget that. And I suppose there are other players throughout the tournament who scored big goals and and tried. You'll be able to help me. It's Jesse... Fleming. Jesse Fleming, who repeatedly scored big penalty kicks through the, the the second half of that tournament. Maybe you make that argument. If we're going to a team sport, and I, I think this is legit, when you're an Olympic gold medalist, you absolutely look at this team. And I wouldn't really have an issue if they named the whole team as this year's Canadian Athlete of the Year. That wouldn't. I don't think it would bother me. But if we're going to pick one, it has to come down to in my opinion, either Stephanie Labe or Jesse Fleming, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. In terms of their performances, like Stephanie Labe is most known for her shit eating, eating grin <laughs> in the shootout, and that was amazing. But she also made some incredible yeah. stops, both in that, that penalty shootout and in the. We American can all game. grin like idiots. We can't all stop yeah. world class. Oh yeah, <laughs> like she she arguably unreal. won yeah. that gold medal for that team at times and 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 she would be my pick like personally if if i were to give it to someone from that team again you could make a case for several people but for me stephanie labe stole that tournament both in uh you know on the pitch and uh and on twitter (laughs) i love it goalies goalies are always a little bit nuts and i love it i love goalies and it's the bat. yeah she's she's fantastic hoff if i was to hand it to you and say you can't give it to damian warner but you have to give it to an Olympian. Who are you taking this year? Oh, God, you're really coming with the... Uh... <laughs> well, I think after that one, I'm giving it to Stephanie, Steph Labby. Yeah. Yeah, I think that she was in my... When I was picking my actual winner, she was she was right there for me. And I think that's, that's again, that's kind of what I was looking for. It's like a mix of, like, success, personality ability to handle the big moment like as someone in you know what like what i do for a living like I, I love seeing an athlete handle the magnitude of those moments after the fact and leading up to it too right i think that's some of the, the coolest stuff like the, not everyone can kind of find that like middle ground and just be a cool collected but entertaining like patriotic presence in that moment it's huge it's overwhelming so to see someone like like her just, you know, kind of own it was, was really cool. So yeah, I think I, I'd go that way just on the, the sum of the parts. Shrides, as I hand this back to you, let me ask you on the basketball side of things, Jamal Murray through most of last season, the 2019-2020 uh, season in the NBA was probably a top five player in the league. 
but he blows out his knee late. That means he's not going to compete for Canada at uh, the qualifier that we had in September. Uh, maybe it was August. I can't remember for sure. Uh, for that national men's basketball team. And they end up coming up short again, somehow, uh, not qualifying. And, and, you know, this is, so actually maybe my timeline's way off. Maybe it was before that. When was that men's qualifier? I remember when the qualifier was, but it would have been before, because the, the men's team played in the Olympics. Did, did they not? No. Okay. Then maybe it, this well, is qualifying been... for the next stage though. That's the part that, anyway, we all know there was an, a, a qualifier. Clearly that... international men's basketball is not my strong suit. No, I, I, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> so, but Jamal Murray, if he stays healthy and continues to play the way he is, maybe it vaults Canada into, um, you know, contention and, and moving forward and, and makes things more relevant for Canada moving forward. At the same time, Kia Nurse has a killer season in the WNBA. And then the Canadian women's team, you would be in a better position than me to comment on this, but I, I just, it felt like we expected more out of that team. And, and maybe she wasn't the problem. Maybe she was. You can kind of comment on that. But I wonder kind of how you compare and contrast the two in terms of, you know, one gets injured when they were dominating. Does that take them out of consideration when they didn't actually represent the country when they needed them versus Kia Nurse, who absolutely did go and represent the country, but the team didn't necessarily perform around her. Um, would you have had either of those two athletes in kind of your top five as you were working through this discussion? I don't know what this male NBA uh, league you speak of. <laughs> <laughs> Jamal no, Murray I, also plays on the West Coast, so he plays long after your Oh, event. it's too late for me. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, like full disclosure, I, I, I know Jamal Murray is amazing. Um, I don't I don't follow his career quite as closely, but I, I do think we'll see. You'll probably see him win this award at some point. I, I think you'll you'll see um, Canadian men male basketball players really. Uh, talked about more in this context because you know the raptor effect the carter effect uh you're starting to see that right now and, and there were so many nba players canadian nba players who didn't play who didn't go to the qualifying round for whatever reason whether it was well, jamal murray was hurt rj barrett andrew wiggins like they didn't have a lot right. of the canadian players we know of so i think like the, the canadian men's team is going to be in this conversation at some point um I, I don't know that this, I, I just, you know, as, as someone who doesn't follow the NBA super closely, if I don't know of anything spectacular that Jamal Murray did, it probably, you know, he, he may not have had a career year. Um, so I can't make a case for or against him, I guess is what I'm saying. Sure. But Kia Nurse, you're right, went to the Olympics. Canada wasn't necessarily expected to do super well, but they were definitely expected to do better than they did. Mm -hmm. um, again, I do think Canada is a team on the women's basketball side, we will be talking about more in Paris 2024 when we see Aaliyah Edwards, who's playing with UConn right now, get more minutes. She played on the Canadian team, but she I think she played like 24 seconds or something like that. Like she's very young. She wasn't used very often. But Kia had a great tournament. And Kia also had a great season with the WNBA. Her Phoenix Mercury went to the finals. She unfortunately tore her ACL during the playoffs, so she didn't get to play a lot um, in the at the end. But like she had a great year, not just – you know, in, in terms of her athletic performance, but she also made a lot of waves as a broadcaster yeah. and, and became kind of the face of, of TSN's basketball coverage. I know that doesn't factor into this award, but just worth noting that sure. like she's slowly becoming the face of, of women's basketball here in Canada. And, and I think, you know, I, 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 this season may not have been her, her best season had Phoenix won and she was playing, maybe it'd be different. 
Um, but I, I do think that I could easily make a case for Kia Nurse winning this award at some point because I think there's a lot of Canadians watching women's basketball right now because of her. And if you've done that, I think you deserve some notoriety as an athlete. Hoffley, let's start this off then. You got to go to, and, and maybe, you know, we've all already sort of hinted at where we're going to land, but I want your runner up and I want your Canadian athlete of the year. Oh, we have to do a runner up too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, we're going to hurt was, somebody's uh, feelings and say you were was, that close. It was, it was uh, Connor McDavid was my runner up. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, I even made I, I even made a few notes. So. Look at this guy. All right, let's hear him. No, I, I just wrote I just wrote names down. Just <laughs> I've just been doodling. Um, I've just been <laughs> I've just been doodling. Um, so I did. So my my runner up was Alfonso Davies. Yeah. Um, I just think that again, like he's a soccer player, a talent the likes of which we have not seen in that sport, I don't think, ever. Certainly um, not from this country. Age, at his age. And that's the other thing. Like it's this is putting uh men's so- men's soccer back on the map in Canada, if you will. Like it's been incredible. Like we haven't touched yeah, on that. And that's my, on me. Like that's no, we have not in, in this entire discussion talked about the the fact that the men's Canadian soccer team for the first time in maybe as long as I can remember, like maybe in my lifetime is relevant say my it life matters too, i'm yeah. watching i care like all i've ever all i've ever heard mostly in my lifetime of watching sports is like you know men's soccer is you know whatever like it's yeah. just they're there they're, yeah. it's you know perennial perennial disappointments and you need for any sport and especially to get you know can't soccer maybe you know the biggest sport in the world or whatever but like in this country and I've, I've been there kind of working like when we had the soccer team, uh, the Fury soccer team in Ottawa. It's it's a grind to get people to care and to buy in to to soccer here for whatever reason on a, on a big scale. And you're, you're starting to see it, you know, get a little bit better with Atletico Ottawa here. But it's a hard for whatever reason in some markets, Canadian soccer yep. remains a hard, harder sell. Well, and then and, you got to go like Davies. We're finishing 2021 with Canada at the top of CONCACAF. Like, that is right. unthinkable. And I, I watch these games now, which yeah. I never would have done in the past. And no, I get I'm... into them. So, and, and, and he's, he's a, again, like, he's a generational talent. He's someone that, you know, he's a proud, proud Canadian. He loves what he's doing. He looks like he's just having the most fun with, with his team, whether it's internationally or his club team. And, like, like he's amazing. Like that goal that he scored when he ran basically the oh. whole length of the field, stopped the ball <laughs> going, going out. Like like that whole thing was like one of the, like in any sport wasn't as good as Connor McDavid's one on four. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, nothing is. No, but you just Davies is one of those guys. He's just a guy that makes you you know he's exciting to watch in a sport that occasionally lacks for consistent excitement. So right. he was my run. He was my runner up. And then, do you just want to run her up right now? No, hit it, hit, hit us with your winner too. My winner dropped an AirPod there. Sorry about that. My <laughs> winner is uh, Layla Fernandez. Oh, good yeah. call. She is, she is my pick. Um, again, she's just someone that I, you know, admittedly didn't know really anything about until she suddenly jumped into all of our all of our collective hearts with the U S open, mm-hmm. you know, final appearance. Some, you know, obviously she didn't win, but the fact that 
you tennis is a weird is yes. is a weird sport like professionally because it's a it's very very isolating right you've like it's it's all about that one person it's you know everyone's right on top of you it's very much a single sport kind of thing and it is hard you know mentally and physically and you've seen that from really high end tennis players that you know throughout the history of the sport and you know you're beating you're beating people like Naomi Osaka um as an and like Fernandez is like 19 years right. old like it's just it, it like singles tennis men or women's is like a brute strength mixed with <laughs> like like light light footwork and and insane tactics and to be able to kind of master that at that level as a 19 year old and kind of get everyone in Canada like again Canadians and tennis like you follow it when it's exciting but it's not necessarily in the you know day to day of everyone so she right. really I, I don't care about that. tennis at all but when Bianca went on her streak I watched all those right. matches right at the end and then the same thing this year all of a sudden here's Layla and you're like oh I'm in like I got to see this yeah and and you have to see it and you're swept you're swept up in it and you're and you know you, I follow her now and you want to see what she's going to do yeah. next and you want to see what and 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 beyond all of that Again, like I said, like the ability to handle big moments, like she's got more poise than, you know, most of us of will course, ever have, yeah. like to be able to, to be able to stay on that court. And, you know, the word she said about the, the anniversary of nine 11 at the time, which yes. was in New York was just like, like wise beyond most people's years right. and ability to be, you know, that empathetic and, and cool in that moment when she's, you know, she, you know, it easily could just be all about her, like given what she had just accomplished. So, um, and you know, subsequently her interviews and just her poise and the fact that it doesn't seem too big for her and that she can handle herself um, like a pro who's not 19 is just, I was, I was been blown away by that. So I think, uh, I think she's someone who definitely merits, merits consideration in that conversation. I'm glad she did. For sure. And I, you know, I, I think it's, uh, you know, another, it's just a signal of a, how great Canadian athletes did this year, but as Shrides has said, and, and correctly so, especially around the Olympics, but all year long, um, you know, it, it was women who carried the flag for Canadian athletes this year. And, and she was certainly a part of that Shrides before I hand this to you for your runner up and your Canadian athlete of the year, I did mean to just quickly ask you guys, what do we think about Vladimir Guerrero? Because I saw him in the discussion and while he was technically born in Canada and he did have an MVP consideration type year in Major League Baseball, do we count it when he doesn't grow up here and isn't trained here? Like just in sort of a general sense, I don't know. There was something about despite how much I love Vladdy, I'm like, I don't see this like <laughs> Yeah, he he didn't really enter my mind too no. much. And I kind of forgot that I, I kind of forgot that he is Canadian. Like leading up to this, to like was looking to do it more. So yeah, I mean, like, like again, unbelievable player. Yeah. Exactly what the Blue Jays need to reinvigorate everything with that kind of youth movement and the and his you know connection with his dad. Like it's all of it's really awesome. But no. yeah, same strides or did you have a different view on that? Well, what would he call himself? Like, would he call himself a Canadian or? I think when he's speaking to the Canadian media, he might. But beyond yeah. that, maybe I, I don't know. I would leave that up to him. Yeah. Like, I don't want to make. Mine it was even yeah. Mine was <laughs> even less about his nationality, more just about the fact that I didn't like. I didn't just. I just didn't really consider him throughout the year. He's a guy you'd notice when he, you know, as he was playing really well, but he wasn't someone that necessarily. But I also don't follow the Blue Jays. Don't advertise so as Canadian, my, and you know they yeah, would if so. they could. Yeah, I, I, 
Again, I don't want to take anything away from him. No, he had a great year, of course. But to me, he just doesn't scream Canadian, right? Like, I, well, and, and like, I don't want to say, he, he, like, I, I don't know why I don't look at him as Canadian <laughs> because which, cause he doesn't speak English. I, like, I don't think that's an indication of someone being Canadian or not. But I, I would, I would think because he grew up in a different country, yeah. he probably identifies more I, I with think the Dominican right. Republic, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he probably like if he were asked to represent a country internationally, he's probably thinking I'm going to represent right. Dominican. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, for sure. So uh, I, I, I don't think he would look at he put himself in that category. But yeah, like fantastic season for Vladdy. Everything the Jays need right now, and uh, and I'm I'm so happy to see him kind of on this trajectory. So um, don't want to take anything away from him. Hit us with your uh, runner up and your Canadian athlete of the year. Oh God, this is so hard. Um, now I know how pe- the people handing out this award feel. <laughs> I, Layla Fernandez is definitely up there for me. Um, I think I, I'll, I'll put her in my runner-up category just because, like, and, and I, I'm not going to make a case for her not winning. I just I think it's it, it's so amazing what she did and the way she captured everybody, and then to consider the fact like she didn't win the tournament, but look what she did by not winning the tournament. Like yeah. a mat, like it's yeah. it's it's, been, it's unbelievable to me how much she accomplished. That's, that's so young. Like, oh my God, if you had put a microphone in my face when I was 19, <laughs> stupid shit. I See, you said. get it. You, you understand how that, like the, the interviewing people and like, not like a lot of fully formed adults can't do that. Well, no, if you put a microphone yeah, in my hot, face, hot, you should know that. <laughs> <laughs> if you put a microphone in my face at 19 years old, I'm giving you like, what the, <laughs> like, like, those are the things that... <laughs> honestly, it, it's, and then to think, like, yeah, she also beat out the world number one, yeah. Naomi Osaka. And I think she also beat out the world number three, whose name escapes me right now, um, on her way to the final. Right. And it's just amazing what she did. I, I will give honorable mention to my girl, Marie Philippe Boulin, because she also scored the overtime winner uh, in the of world championship. Of course she did. Do we get to give credit for things we just expect? Like, yeah, that's when, true. It's, when it's time for big things to happen for Team Canada, we just know. Oh, there's Poulin. Yeah, obviously she scored. That's what she does. <laughs> and and again, like not to take anything away from Kaylee Humphreys, but how the fuck did Marie Philippe Poulin not win in 2014? Oh, no, you're right about that. Game? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but my my winner is Stephanie Labe. Right. Uh, she gets it for me. Um, yeah, what yeah, she yeah. did on the pitch was just unbelievable. Uh, there there was one save in particular against the Americans. She made this diving save, like just tipped it over the net. If that goes in. Canada loses in the semis. Like I guarantee you, Canada loses in the semis. They get they maybe take home bronze if they're lucky. Um, she was the defining player in that tournament, and it's not often that goalies get that level of recognition. But she was just so fantastic. And then yeah, like the the grin while while she's waiting for um, uh, the Swedish player to to kick the the penalty kick and the way she's bouncing up and down and having fun and and just like. Not you know everything she's done since then with like the first thing she did after winning gold was talk about the fact that it's ridiculous that Canada doesn't have a professional women's hockey league in this country Soccer. and yet our country just won gold. Yeah. Um. And she's she's done a lot of great advocacy for that ever since. And I know that's not you know in the conversation of her athletic abilities, but I do think she deserves credit for that because it's uh, it's not often you see. And, and again, this is why, like, I just have so much respect for female athletes because I feel like we have this conversation about them so often, where they accomplish amazing things on an international stage, and then they're forced to be advocates for their sport because they know that as soon as this tournament's over, y'all are going to stop caring. 
right. and, and stop talking about it. And we've seen that with the women's hockey team for so long because every four years we all fawn over women's hockey and then no one talks about it in between. And I, I just admire those athletes so much who, who make it their goal to use their time in the spotlight to advocate for their sport and for their fellow athletes. And I think what Stephanie Labe did was just so great. And uh, she's also uh, fantastic. And she helped Canada finally win gold in what was probably one of my favorite sports moments of all time. So i got to give yeah, it to Stephanie Labe. That whole thing was incredible. Like you talk about capturing a, I mean, that's, that's life changing for, you know, young girls that want to, that are going to play this game. Oh yeah. See that. I mean, like, I, I can't imagine, I mean, I, you take it for granted when you're a guy that's seen, you know, not that I ever had any grand aspirations to play pro <laughs> at any level, but like, it's never, it was never part of my consciousness to worry, like to think that I wasn't being represented in sports. So I can't imagine. No, there's, there know. are, there are the occasional white male athlete who makes it. You're right. <laughs> you know, so like the idea, like, you know, the idea that, that's, you know, someone like that when the Canadian women's team wins that, like after, you know, everything that they've done for the game already leading up to that, it would have been a travesty not for them not to win. Um, it, it's an incredible, it's an incredible thing as someone, you know, I've got, I've got little sisters and, um it's 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 massive so like that's a that's a fine choice shreds fine choice thank you very much uh i'm going with kenny omega aew champion almost all year all right i'm out yeah peace. <laughs> see you shreds peace <laughs> <laughs> um okay i'm kidding it's connor mcdavid uh no still look I guess Poor Connor McDavid. Uh, we're just crapping all over a guy who had like a legendary 2021 and be like, get out of here. Connor. Yeah, I think you're right. He will gather enough hardware over the uh, the course of his career that uh, it won't be cops, but he will get a couple other things along the way. <laughs> Look, for me, I'm going to give my runner up to Damian Warner. And when I set out on this, I didn't think that was going to be the case. And it wasn't because I had anything against what he did. It was because I didn't know anything about what he did. Um, but there is something to be said for, hey, my sport involves being great at 10 sports. And then, you know, I asked you guys, and frankly, you both danced around it and, and took it in your own direction. But I asked you guys about the idea of consistency over 82 games or 162 games or a calendar year versus, Hey, you get one crack at this every four years. Maybe you get one crack at this in your lifetime. You better bring it today. And Damian Warner did that, right? And he did it in 10 sports over the course of the Olympic games. He set an Olympic record. Obviously that meant he set a Canadian record, uh, a gold medal was a flag bearer. Um, I sort of ragged on the flag bearer thing because part of the rules in Tokyo were after your competition is done, you have to get the hell out of the village. So he was one of the only people left there, you know, to, to carry the flag that doesn't take away from the honor, but what he did and doing it in 10 sports is unbelievable. Uh, when you look at somebody like Damian Warner, who is, um, doing this on 10 different sports at the top of his game and setting an Olympic record, I, I I came very close to giving him the award, but uh, I stopped short, gave him the uh, the runner-up. And I landed, and Shrides has already said it way better than I'm going to, uh, Stephanie Labe. Uh, I, have a thing f- I have a thing for goalies. Um, 
in in any sport, I guess. I, I can remember as a kid, like my parents giving me for Christmas, like road hockey goalie pads and like my mom would, or Santa obviously would sign them from Marty Brodeur, from Ed Belfour, from Curtis Joseph, from Patrick Waugh. I've always loved goalies and to watch what Stephanie Labe did. And then maybe it comes down. I know she was, you know, obviously to win a gold medal, you have to have a good tournament. It comes down almost to nothing more for me than that gold medal game and being in penalty kicks and the pressure that comes with that, again, to do it on that day. This is the day it has to happen. There is no, well, we lost in Denver on Tuesday, we'll play in Utah on Thursday or whatever that looks. No, it's now or it's maybe never. And to watch what Stephanie Labe did for that Canadian women's soccer team. And as, as Shride's already, that, that maniacal smile that coming out at you, like there was just something about that, that I'll never forget. Like that's going to be carved into my sports consciousness for as long as I can remember. Stephanie Labe for me is, is the Canadian athlete of the year. And you know, when you're the goalie for the gold medal winning soccer team, hard not to, uh, to at least give you some sort of, of credit for getting that done. You bring up a great point, Matt, especially with this On Kenny team. Omega? It, yes, <laughs> I know who that is, definitely. Um, especially with this team, like if Canada hadn't have won that game, well, I know we would look back and say like, you know, they still achieved what great they wanted run, to do and that was, yeah, they them. wanted to change the color of the medal and they did that and, yep. and that would have been great. This is Christine St. Clair's last Olympics. That's yep. that's pretty much guaranteed. Yep. If if they had missed this opportunity, especially to get that close in penalty kicks, like would have been tragic. Imagine, imagine, and and to have that pressure, like Stephanie Labe knows what Christine Sinclair means to this country. Mm-hmm. She knows what this game means to Christine Sinclair's career, and like that's on her shoulders. That's same with you know Jesse Fleming and and Vanessa Gilles and, and the players who scored in the penalty kicks like they they're all they, like Christine Sinclair is basically on their shoulder like, yes <laughs> they know what what this means to her so I think that there was so much added pressure on this team for this moment and to you know to, to get watch them get it done is just it's just incredible I can't I could talk for a whole episode about <laughs> that game so, <laughs> well, maybe we will in 2022 I'm not convinced that the sports world isn't going to be completely shut down and we'll be reminiscing here at some point but uh, uh, why don't we move on then as we uh, kind of get ready to wind this one down beer, beer of the year I'm gonna hand this to Shrides first because clearly Hoffley either needs to find something new to say about the one that he already <laughs> outed himself or uh, come up with a new one Shrides what's your beer of the year Man, I had a whole episode to think about it. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of like the best beer I had that like was also related to context, right? Because like sometimes I talk about my favorite beer I've ever had, and I was like, well, of course I was on vacation, right? And I was in a different country and all that stuff. So like I'm trying to think of a beer I remember had leaving just, the country. Weird, yeah, it's such a <laughs> weird concept in the before times. Um, I, I will say I, I'll give an honorable mention to, and I don't even remember where I was. I think I was at a pub in Ottawa on the patio, and I had the first um, Guinness on tap that I had since the pandemic. Because hmm. like, nice. I've had Guinness, yeah, and can, yeah. but it's not the same. No, it's not when it's on tap, and it was just like I hadn't had Guinness on tap for probably well over a year, hmm. and 
a year and a half at that point and it was so goddamn good and i don't even remember where i was so shout out to that beer um but i think i think the best beer i had this year and i'm going to go back to burdock brewery in toronto was their apa um i got a bunch of those when i went down there and i i basically drank only that for a few weeks including on this podcast and uh, i think it's it's my favorite beer i've had this year it's just so good and it's they they only make small cans, and I kind of like that. Um, there's something about a small can that we just don't get that often anymore, and uh, it's it's one of my favorite beers. So I'll, I'll go with the APA from Burdock. Hoffley, you want to hit us with any more details on the van full of weirdos, or you got something else you want to <laughs> shout out? Would you? Would you? I'm just gonna read you the back of the van full of weirdos can. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's delicious. No, I'm sticking with it. I, I stand by my choice of the Simcoe Heavy IPA is packed with bright tropical aromas and brilliantly citrusy flavors. Gather some fellow weirdos and enjoy a fresh squeezed vacation in a can. Okay. And that's why I'm here with you guys today. <laughs> the holiday season van full of weirdos. Uh, for me, I, I, I've circled around it a few times, but there's one that I've loved for a very long time from the... Uh, uh, from down out of uh, Port Perry, it's the Old Flame Brewing Company, and they make something called Raven, and it is kind of a dark lager. And I love Old Flame in general, uh, and typically when I go down and visit my parents, they're not far from Port Perry. Um, they've made sure to stock the fridge with, uh, with uh, Old Flame beers. But the Raven, for a long time, it was hard to find. It was kind of seasonal. They put it out in these mini sort of crowlers a couple times a year. But towards the end of 2020 and certainly throughout this year, it became a regular rotation. It was canned. And when I would go down and, and was able to see my folks, you know, this year as, as that started to open back up again, there was always some raving around. That's one that I love sitting around. And as Shrides kind of said, you know, sometimes it's the occasion. Sometimes it's the experience. And to sit around and to have that with my old man a bunch of times. And like I said, both my parents, uh, even when they come up to visit here in Ottawa, they uh, often have some of that in tow. So for me, it's the Raven from the Old Flame Brewing Company, and and they do uh, online delivery across the province. So uh, as do I'm sure most of these breweries. So make sure you check some of those out if you're if you're curious at all. Love the Raven, nevermore. Quote the Raven, nevermore. However that goes. Look, Am guys. I the only one who thinks of the Homer Simpson version of the Raven. That's the only one I think I know. Yeah, that's all I'm thinking. <laughs> Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, really appreciate this. Uh, We are going to wind this one down with something that you're looking forward to do uh, to doing in 2022. I know I've been picking your brain on a bunch of things here. You probably haven't had a ton of time to kind of mull this over. That's why I'm vamping right now. So you can all recollect your thoughts on that. We kicked off the podcast with, uh, things that we were happy that we were finally able to do in 2021, something in 2022 that you are looking forward to doing. Hoffley. Ideally not having COVID again, that'd be sweet because I'm, you know, just trying to get rid of that. But, oh, I thought it was permanent. Uh, no, I, I think... thought you just had it forever now. I didn't. <laughs> just, I'm just, it's just part of me. Yeah. He's a bubble um, boy. No, I, I really want to do, you know, I, I did this, I did this fundraiser this past year for, for Chio and, and raised a ton of cash. And that was really, that was really cool. So I really want to do something uh, to continue that at some point this year i'm not sure what yet it probably won't be on that scale because that got really out of hand in the best possible way really fast but um yeah i want to you know when you when you do something that has that kind of you know gets that kind of momentum behind it it makes you wonder what you can 
do next to, you know, and, and who you can do it for. So I'm hoping with all the people that I met and have offered help through that process that uh, we can do something cool again this year. So hopefully more on that to come and hopefully we can do more stuff in person without masks and I thought you were going to say without Matt, pro- that hurt my feelings. <laughs> without, 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 masks, without masks and getting nasal, nasally probed and all that stuff. That was incredible, man. I, it, it just started. I can remember ripping you like really like 3.30 on a Friday afternoon. What are you thinking? And then it blew up anyway. I'm like, I guess I may have misread this. Yeah, I'm, not good at, I'm, I'm not good at planning announcements. but It yeah. turned out it went, it went pretty well. What was the, the final total? Do you remember like in the neighborhood? Where did we but, get to? To uh, roughly two hundred and thirty-seven thousand. Unbelievable, wow. man! Congratulations for, men- for, men- so cool. for kids, me- kids' mental health at Chio. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty, pretty cool thing. I know, I know people that are a lot better connected than I am and more generous. So it was, it was great. Uh, Shrides, good luck to you. Top on that one, you're up yeah, next. Well, <laughs> yes. now. Sorry, humble brag. <laughs> Um, what am I looking? Oh my God. See, I'm going to say it. It's not going to happen. Um, I did one specific thing. I was supposed to go to a concert a couple of weeks ago in Montreal city in color and it got postponed because Dallas green. Oh, you didn't open. go. No, I will say I went to Montreal, Okay, but the concert got postponed to okay. February Okay, and I still have my tickets. So they yeah. just transferred it. So really hoping I get to go to that. That'd be nice. Um, and I just like to travel again. I'm going to be selfish with mine. Yeah. Like I just want to leave the goddamn country. Right. I want to go on my honeymoon, which I planned in, uh, almost two years ago now. <laughs> um, I, I really hope you're going to have your fifth anniversary party before your honeymoon at this point. Honest rate. to God, like we, we've <laughs> hit the two year mark and we still haven't gone on our honeymoon. Oh, like, it's okay. Is... At least you got married. At least you got married. My bro- poor brother and my eventual sister-in-law have, <laughs> Oh yeah, like three had tried three times now. And oh god, you know, they, bought a, they bought a house, and neither of them are going anywhere. So <laughs> so, um, but they, yeah, it's it's been a. It's, they decided to put like you know stop pushing to get the wedding done and get a puppy in a house first. So that's nice. You know, been that's holding them over. But yeah, I, they feel your pain, and I feel your pain because we keep planning this thing. We we are like we thank our lucky stars every single day that we got married when we did and we didn't have to deal with like COVID weddings. I my heart goes out to anybody dealing with that. It is so frustrating. I know what planning a wedding is like, let alone planning a wedding during a global pandemic. So um, my heart is with all of you wedding people right now. <laughs> yeah, we had a, a buddy of ours here, a friend of the show, Kevin Mickey, who this had his uh, his wedding planned for July 2020. And obviously that got shut down and they said, do you want to just book like straight up same weekend, July, 2021, you know, we'll just carry everything forward. And they ended up pulling it off. But if you remember like April, May this year, like everything was still high and he's like, oh my God, it's going to happen again. And just the stress was off the oh, charts, yeah. right? So. It's, it is so stressful. And, and like, I realized. Like planning a normal wedding isn't stressful. Oh Here's this. Yeah. Thing. And I realize, you know, I joke about wanting to go on my honeymoon. And I know there are more important things in the world and that like people have been really sick and people have died. And, and I totally get that. And, uh, but at the same time, like, let's not pretend like, you know, your wedding no, it's doesn't a mass- <laughs> It's also a massive inconvenience in a lot of different ways. Like it's okay to acknowledge that. Yeah. And, and like your wedding is, is a monumental day sure it's, it is. for a lot of people. Hopefully it's one of the best days of your life. And to have that continuously moved and to be stressed about it right up to the last minute, not know, like I just, Oh, I, I, my heart breaks for those folks because I, I can just imagine how stressful it is. So it's, it, it is a, 
very, very difficult thing to deal with, too. This stupid pandemic. Stupid pandemic. Putting it lightly. Stupid. (laughs) I never, I will say this whenever we get out of this, I never want to talk about it again. No. Like when we're we're done, like I know we will never be done with COVID. It'll be four times. Yeah. Yeah. No, like we we will never speak of this again. (laughs) Like we will just pretend like it didn't happen and we will just pretend like two years of our life got wiped out that's fine i never want every day of my life like at all day at work it's covid 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 and then all day every elsewhere in my life it's covid 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 when this is done you will never hear me say the word covid again (laughs) holding you to it if you do you have to buy you have to buy mad and i beer i I was gonna say i have to donate to chio or to your your campaign or buy you a beer Uh, Hoff already took care of the kids. Now it's time to take care of the thirsty uh, beard lovers of the world. Uh, For me, honestly, guys, it's... uh, (laughs) We'll punt this another year down the road. I want to do the uh, Brew Marsh in person next year. Yes. (laughs) We came so close. We came so close. Way to go, Hoffley. (laughs) And look, this was hard on me. This hurt my feelings. The good listener doesn't know that in the group chat as we were organizing this, Hoff's like, Shrides, it's going to be so good to see you. And Shrides is like, yeah, it'll be amazing. I'm like, I'm sitting right here. No <laughs> one cares about seeing Matt, apparently. But Matt's the one with the studio, so I will insist that next year uh, that you come and see me. We do this in person. Um, it's little things like that, right? And, and, you know, Hoff, you were in here back in October, was it? Or we did get you back we in studio. One, we got one in. We got one in. Yeah. And, uh, Shrides, you were over, you know, towards the end of November or maybe early December. I can't remember now with Josh and, and we had a pint or two. It's, it's to me, it's little things like that where you're just, you know, it's nothing big. I did have a concert that I had bought tickets for in June because everything was going in the right direction. Everyone's getting vaccinated. The numbers are down. And then come November, things weren't as great as I'd hoped. So I didn't get like, there are things like that. I'd like to get back to a hockey game. I'd like to do these sorts of things. And lots of people have and and power to you. I haven't yet. All those sorts of things are on the table. But for me, it's more just like a regular rotation of normal. Hey, do you want to have a pint? Let's go and whatever. Like I, I just, it's stuff like that. And and so the 2022 Brew Marsh Awards have to happen in person. <laughs> that's my goal for. Uh, I have very little control over whether it. it's going to be possible, we but can, that's my goal. We can wear hazmat. We'll get hazmat. <laughs> yeah, we need to. We're going to make those happen. Come hell or high water, we will be there. As uh, as we Maybe wind, Michaela, Michaela should be able to source those from the hospital somewhere, right? Please. Yeah, I'm sure they have them. Yeah, if you, you could steal those for us, kicking around, yeah, it's yeah. No problem. As we wind this one down, I do want to say to both of you guys, Hoffley, look, throughout the pandemic, you've been an MVP for us in terms of, A, the guests that you've lined up that have been more interesting than you. Uh, we appreciate you <laughs> setting that up. But also, your ability to to step in and, and help out and, and co-host when we've needed or just thought you've been the right guy to talk about certain things, it's made a huge difference. And and you've been a guy that throughout this pandemic and especially throughout this year has made a big, uh, a big difference for us. Shrive you and I started talking kind of, I don't know, summer 2020 and towards the end of 2020, you became kind of a regular part of this. And uh, through 2021, it was a big deal for me that you did so much of the heavy lifting. Um, you know, on Sunday, I would sort of steer the ship and, and do things, you know, 
you know, lead at how this was going to go, but to know that later in the week you were going to come and you were going to steer the ship, you were going to have topics and you were going to take care of that took a lot of pressure off and, and just changed the vibe a little bit and kept it fresh. So for both of you guys, I, I can't tell you how much throughout the year 2021 you've made a difference for us. I really do appreciate both of your, uh, your, um, contributions to the show. Well, likewise, Matt, this show has been a huge, uh, stress relief for me anyway it's always fun drinking beer and talking about sports and pretending for a moment like this world is somewhat normal um so thank you for giving that to to me and to to the listeners i'm sure that that they all feel the same right sometimes it's nice to again put on the headphones and and pretend like we're living in a normal world and and i know you've given that to a wait 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 you've been recording this Sorry, Hoff. You guys are getting paid. Don't tell your boss, Hoff. I will keep. Going. It's always, it's always such, it's always such a pleasure, Matt. I mean, that sincerely gets a, it's a fun show. It's you know, I like beer a little bit. Um, I like to talk, arguably more than I like beer. So, um, and and try and tried to school. So any chance to be able to talk to Michaela is always a pleasure. Um, hey, speaking off. of people who have had people who speaking of people who have had wild and crazy jobs over the last two years, <laughs> yeah, um, it's nice. I, I, it's nice to be able to you know do something a little out of the out of the norm and not directly related to our whatever else we've got going on. Just shoot the shit and and have a pint. So it's uh, anytime. Always happy to hang out. It's made a huge difference. Really appreciate you both. That is Chris Hoffley from the Ottawa Sports and Entertainment Group. Uh, Chris, hit me with your oh, Chris. I don't know if I've ever called you Chris in my entire. That life. was weird. That was weird. I'm uncomfortable. Wrong? Yeah, Chris. Chris, we. No need one to... calls me. You sound like you sound like my mother or grandmother <laughs> when they're mad at me. And... No, that's when I get Chris. That's when I get Christopher. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm not giving you that. I don't know your middle name. We won't be laying all that on you. Hit us with the social media handles, man. Uh, just Chris Hoffley on Twitter and Hoff on sports on Instagram and, uh, Shride, same thing. What are the uh, social media handles and, uh, hit us again with the, uh, the info for, uh, the, the show you've got going on. It seems to be running pretty well. Yeah. So I'm at Shrides, S-C-H-R-E-I-D-S and, uh, the show is She's Got Game, a show dedicated entirely to women's sports airs on across the TSN radio network. And if you're here in Ottawa, specifically on TSN 1200, Fridays at 6 p.m. or head on over to your local TSN radio website and get all of our shows podcasted there. We will make sure that... What, uh, what the, a pro. Yeah, <laughs> it's she like I've said that a few times. It's funny. I used to listen to her when she first came on, when she would throw out her social media handle. It was just S-C-H-R-E-I-D. And I started copying the rhythm. It was, it was kind of fun. Like, it was easy to say. It was <laughs> like, you kind of, I can't Musical. wait to say Shrides. <laughs> Um, or screeds, or, or screeds. It's screeds really for it sure. <laughs> On this show, it's always going to be screeds, right? Of course. So uh, we will wind this one down there. To both you guys again, thank you so much for everything you've brought to the show this calendar year, and I hope only the best for you is in 2022. Same to the rest of you listening. Uh, hope you're having an incredible holiday season, despite everything that we are dealing with right now. It will be better in 2022. I believe that firmly. Thank you so much again. We will see you all next time on Talk and Audio. Now, y'all ain't got nothing else for me to drink. I'm a haul ass. No, I'm serious. I'm about to haul ass. If y'all have no better shit than this to drink. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at TalkanAudio.com or by searching Talk and Audio on your favorite podcast app.